Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that you have given us this precious gift of your word. There is nothing more valuable in the world than your word. If we owned all the gold that is in this world, it would not compare to having a copy of your word. Lord, we pray that we may treat it as such this morning, as a precious gift from the God who lives over us. And we, we may want to understand what you have said so that we can serve you as we should. Lord, we pray that we may have your Holy Spirit's power this morning so that we can interpret and understand what you have said. Because without him, we are going to be lost. Our minds will not be able to comprehend what you have said. So, Lord, we pray that you may give him to us in abundance and that we may be able to go out from here today changed because we have sat under your word and had your Holy Spirit explain it to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, two Saturdays ago, we had a working bee at the church and... uh, some people came along and we basically uh, worked on the church and fixed up things that are around it. And this church has been having working bees for many times in the past and most churches do have working bees. And I actually like working bees. I've always liked working bees from when I was growing up in churches. I used to go over and sort of pester the people as a little kid, uh, run around and, uh, and look at what I could do to help. And I enjoyed the one that we just had. It's a good time of fellowship to get with other people and work on the, on the church. And plus, I got to sort of tell people what I wanted them to do. Finally, I got my books out of one room and moved them back to the office where I have been. And so I'm kind of all set up there now. I have many books, and it's quite a laborious task for me to do myself. So I, everyone helped me move back there, and I think I'm really a Baptist minister now. I actually have steps to the baptistry in my office. I think that really confirms that I'm a Baptist then. And so my office is basically around the baptistry that is behind me here. Working bees have happened again and again. And we all have our own little spring cleaning uh, working bees at home. And they've happened throughout history, I think. And today, as we look at Ezra, chapter 3, I think we're just looking at a giant working bee as God's people have come together and they know that work has to be done on the house of God and so they're all pitching in and helping do this together. Because we've seen these Israelites, uh, we've been looking at Ezra for a a number of weeks now and we've seen that they were uh, originally in the promised land and then they were uh, pretty bad and so God punished them by a lot of them dying, but then a lot of them went to Babylon and were in slavery there. So the king of Babylon came, took them away. And then at the beginning of Ezra, we see them being allowed to return. And so we've seen them come back, well, prepared to come back to the land. And now they're back and they started giving generously to the work of God. And then last week we saw them doing the first thing on their to-do list, which was to make sure that they're offering sacrifices. And so they built the the altar and they sacrificed upon it. And now they're having this working bee. They're finally going to start building the temple of God, rebuilding it. And so that's my first main point this morning. If you've got a church bulletin there, you'll see my four main points this morning. And my first one is that the Israelites begin to build the temple. The Israelites begin to build the temple. And we see this uh, in the verses that we've, we're looking at this morning from Ezra chapter 3, 
verse 7 and following. So if you've got a Black Church Bible, that's on page 463. I'd encourage you to have a Bible open in front of you as we look through the passage together. Ezra chapter 3, verse 7, on page 463, shows them starting this working bee of building the temple. It says in verse 7, Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorised by Cyrus, king of Persia. So they give more money to the experts to build the temple, masons and carpenters. So they recognise that some people aren't necessarily gifted in in masonry and carpentry and so they need to pay people and we often do that with things that we need around the church here. We don't have the necessary expertise here so we need to pay people uh, to, to do the work. And they also give food and drink and oil to get good quality timber. They aren't just using the timber that's around. They want to make sure that they use good quality here on the Lord's Temple. This is a very special building that they're making. So what sort of timber do they get? They get cedar from Lebanon. Lebanon was meant to be uh, the place with all the, the great quality timber. And so they make sure that they are getting the people from Sidon and Tyre to ship down by sea. So they float them down to Joppa, and they've got Cyrus, king of Persia's permission to do that. So they're they're paying the masons and the carpenters, they're getting the good quality wood. They also, in their working bee, they work out who's in charge. Uh, It says in verse 8, it says, In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Sheotil, and Jeshua, son of Jozadak, and the rest of their brothers, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity of Jerusalem, began the work began building the temple, and what do they do? Appointing Levites 20 years of age and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Whenever you've got a large working bee going on, it helps to have people who know what needs to be done. Otherwise, people sort of show up, and it's like, well, what are we going to do? Ah, I think something over there needs done. I'll go do that. And everyone sort of ends up in a bit of chaos. Here's a big project that's going on, and so they need supervisors. And they need people who know how to build the temple. And who are those people? They're the Levites, the priests, the people who have read the law. And the law gives quite extensive uh, building instructions as to uh, what you're meant to do in making sure the house of God and, and uh, is built in a, a proper way. And so they get these supervisors there as part of their uh, working bee of building this temple. And it's not like the other Israelites don't get involved at all. It's just the Levites. It's other people, uh, other Israelites also are involved in building this temple as well. And it says, uh, if you look at verse 8, and there's the parentheses, the brackets there, it says, the priests and the Levites and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem, all the people who had returned are involved in helping out in building this temple. So everyone gets involved in this working bee, and they start building the temple. And they lay the foundation. And then what do they do? Do they keep going? They've got the foundation now. Now we need to put up the walls. There's lots of work to be done. There's no time for stopping. There's no time for morning tea breaks. We've got to keep going, 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 going. No, they stop. And they respond to the sight of the foundation that is there. And so that's my second main point this morning. The Israelites respond to the sight of the temple. How do they respond? Well, they respond with praise and thanksgiving to God for what has happened. 
And we see this in verse 10. It says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they kept going? No, it said, when they laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. They stop to worship God, to praise God for what he has done in bringing them back and putting them here and making this temple. And so they make sure they're praising God appropriately as well. What do they do? The priests, well, they get their vestments on. They get their party frocks on, I guess, and they dress up so that they're appropriately clothed to give proper praise to God. What else do they do? Well, they get out the trumpets and they get out the cymbals, instruments that make a lot of noise, We're having a real party here. We're really thankful to God for what he has done in bringing us back. And now the foundation of the Lord's temple is laid. And they make sure that they're in their right places. What does it say, verse 10? um, And the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places. So they get in the right spot. So the DJ, he's always got his own spot to make sure um, he's in the best position to, to do his music at a, a dance party and this kind of thing. So the musicians still have their places. They know where they're meant to be. They've got their clothes on. They've got their instruments. They've got their places. And then they make sure that they've got the experts in music there as well. It says, and the sons of Asaph in verse 10. The sons of Asaph are the ones, the Levites, who were in charge of music. And a lot of the psalms are composed of Asaph, uh, their, their descendant, uh, their forefather before them, who was a musician. And so they make sure they get people who've got the music uh, so that we can sing properly. And they do it all according to uh, David's prescription, king of Israel. David's not king of Israel anymore. He's long in his grave. But uh, it says they're as prescribed at the end of verse 10 by David, king of Israel. They're doing it appropriately. They're making sure they're worshipping God with proper praise and thanksgiving. And it's interesting that it's not just the, the priests and the Levites and the singers who are doing all the singing here and the praise. It says in verse 11, With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord. The word uh, sang there it's actually means answered, literally. And so what we've got going on here is one of those call and response singing sessions where you call out something and the people respond. It uh, doesn't happen so much anymore, but if you do listen to some... Uh, I listen to dance music and sometimes the, the person up the front, the DJ, will call out and everybody in the house responds with, hey, and he says, everybody in the house say yeah, everybody in the house says yeah back, that kind of thing. Uh, that's what's kind of going on here. The people are being said, this is what you meant to say, and then they respond back. They're answering as the singing's going on here. And what are they singing? How are they responding to God with praise? What do they sing? Well, it's given to us in verse 11, the words that they sing. They sang to the Lord, they answered to the Lord, He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. They sing that God is good. And that his love to Israel endures forever. Why would they say that? Well, because they've seen the goodness of God and his love going on and on in in being shown to them again and again. How has God been good? Well, he called them out of Egypt long ago, out of slavery there, brought them to the promised land, and then they sinned terribly against him And what did God do? Did he annihilate them, wipe them completely out? 
take them completely off the face of the earth. No, he preserved a remnant that went to Babylon. And then he's made sure that that remnant comes back. And now, look where they are. They're back in the land and they're back building a temple. It's not like they're being brought back and they aren't allowed to do any construction. They're allowed to worship God correctly the way he wants them to. God is good. They have been very bad, but God continues to be good to them. And so they sing to him, God, you are good. Your love to Israel endures forever. But is that the only response that the people have to the site of the temple? They sing and give thanksgiving. Well, no, verse 12 tells us that there's another response. There's two responses. What's the second response? It says, verse 12, But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. So you've got people shouting for joy, you've got the trumpets, got the cymbals, but then you've got older people there who are crying as they look at the foundation of the Lord's temple. Why are they crying? Well, they remember the old temple. And they remember how wonderful it was. How marvellous a building it was. I mean, it was built by Solomon, who had so much wealth, so much wisdom, so many more people to do the labour than what they've got now. They've got this little group of people who have come back compared to what was in Israel when Solomon built the temple. And Solomon had so much more money for the materials. And even David, his father, wasn't allowed to build the temple. But David was allowed to accumulate a lot of uh, materials so that when it was built by his son, it would be built well. And it was a magnificent structure. And these people, they remember that. And they look at what's being built there by the few people that are left. They are wealthy to some extent, but they're not as wealthy as Solomon was. And they weep at the memory of what has been lost And they weep at the fact that they know why this is the case. It's because they were such terrible sinners against God. And it is part of God's punishment to them that that temple is no longer there. And so they cry. But does one outweigh the other? Do we have weeping going on here? And so most people are upset at the party and so it tends to be a bit of a drag, the party, and it doesn't really go off very well. There's some people who are excited to be there, but there's more people who are saddened. No, what does it say in verse 13? It says, No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. The joy makes up for the weeping. So no one can distinguish whether it's more happy or more sad at this party, this Thanksgiving festival that we're having to God. The joy makes up for the sadness that is there. Now, is there any parallel for us today in this passage? Is there any words of wisdom for us, anything for us to learn from this passage? Well, my third main point is that, yes, there is, because Christians still build the temple. Christians still build the temple of God. There is a new temple that is being built. What's the new new temple? Well, it's Jesus. 